0: Welcome to the Reformation Fellowship Podcast. Reformation Fellowship provides support and fellowship for all who would stand for the Reformation of Christ Church worldwide. We long to see the Church revitalized by the Gospel and seek to encourage all who share that vision. We gather together a Gospel-hearted fellowship around Gospel-minded theology. Welcome back to the Reformation Fellowship Podcast. My name is Justin Shell, and I am your host. We have a special conversation for you today that I am excited to share because it's all aimed at encouraging the heart of pastors. And uh, maybe that's you. Maybe you know a pastor that you want to point uh, in this direction. Um, maybe there are some principles that, as we talk about pastoral fellowship groups, that apply to your life, even if you're not a pastor, but um, we are talking about uh, pastor groups or pastor fellowships. What does it look like when gospel ministers intentionally connect with one another for encouragement, um, for shared wisdom, for prayer, um, for maybe some mutual equipping, maybe for some mentoring. And so it's, it's a just a wonderful topic. Wonderful conversation with Andy Taylor and Michael Swindell. They will introduce themselves in a moment. But we're so glad you've joined us on this episode on pastoral fellowships. And let's get started. Michael, Andy, thank you so much for joining us here on the Reformation Fellowship Podcast.
1: It's great to be here. Thank yeah, you. Good Justin. to see you. Yes. Um
0: we are talking about pastoral fellowship or pastor groups, um, but before we jump into that, I wonder could each of you take a moment just introduce yourselves. Uh, who are you? Where do you live? What's your favorite color? That that sort of thing.
2: Yeah, my name is uh, Andy Taylor. I am the currently the senior pastor at Arrow Heights Baptist Church. Uh, been here for um, about six and a half years, but am transitioning now into a new role uh, with with my denomination. I'm Southern Baptist, and our state uh, denomination, uh, Oklahoma Baptist, has asked me to come on as what what is titled as a regional ministry partner. I'll be encouraging, discipling, uh, equipping uh, pastors. Uh, around the state of Oklahoma, and uh, we'll be getting that role in uh, April the 1st. So, yeah, excited to be here. Mm, Yeah, thanks for coming. Michael.
1: Yeah, my name is Michael Swindell. I'm currently in West Michigan, just west of Grand Rapids. So, um, family life, married to Ann for 16 years this May. We have two little kids, Ella, who's eight, and Judah, who's four, I'm currently the Connections and Discipleship Pastor at Wellspring Church in Hudsonville, Michigan. I've been there about two years now, and basically I I tackle everything from membership to small groups to men's groups, even am about to start overseeing some of the women's ministry as well. A little bit about our church. You were probably best described as non-denominational conservative Bible church. It's probably a good way to describe us. And, um, my family loves skiing together. We found out. So Judah's only four Ella's eight, but since we've been to West Michigan, we've been doing some ski lessons. And so just a little bit about the personal life, something we've enjoyed in this area.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you both for making some time to talk about pastoral fellowships. Um, Michael, maybe I'll, I'll start question a question for you. Um, you've recently written a, a, a blog for Reformation Fellowship on some, about some of the challenges of getting pastors together. Um, could you maybe share a little bit about, about your experience? Um, it, maybe folks haven't read the blog, but um, yeah, can you share a sure. little bit about that?
1: Sure. Yeah. So, pastoral fellowships, I know for many pastors, are an, it's an exciting idea. It's something that they want. It's something that they crave. For me, it's it's a bit of a nerve wracking idea. It's a bit scary. Um, been wounded by more than one pastor in my past, um, and so as you know, those listening can understand when when you're wounded by somebody, it hurts. When you're wounded by somebody in a position of spiritual leadership over you it can hurt a little deeper. It can last a little longer. And so for me, one of my big hurdles that I need to jump over every time I even think about this is the hurdle of what if I get hurt again, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Am I going to be duped into a relationship that's unhealthy or or painful on some level? And so um, for me, that's a big big hurdle. And I know Mm -hmm. I'm not the only one. and, And I know even people who I've asked or who I approach about, Uh, A pastoral group. I know they have their own struggles in general. I think pastors Mm. just in general do. Uh, We know what it means to be hurt. We know what it means to be, you know, betrayed. Have confidence is betrayed. Um, I think we've all been there if we've been in the ministry for very long. And so, Mm. for me, that's that's a big hurdle: is just Mm. willing to risk trusting life, the burdens that I bear with other pastors. Mm. Uh, So. Yeah, Andy, you see similar things
0: in um, in the lives of pastors you're interacting with.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, what Michael is describing is not uncommon. Uh, in fact, it's 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 fairly uh, uh, a typical story, uh, and I think it also generates the need and the drive among pastors uh, whether ha- they have been. Uh, uh, hurt or feel isolated, uh, for pastors to get together, uh, mm-hmm. to encourage one another, to, uh, to, as Michael said, to risk um, the opportunity to fellowship with one another. I think this is, it's just so vital, especially over what we've seen, uh, not just in the last two years with COVID and all that craziness, but this is this has been an ongoing problem for um, for ages uh, throughout the history of the church. That pastors feel isolated, and pastors need to have conversation and fellowship and communion with other pastors who are dealing with some of the same kind of issues, just to know that they're not alone and to find strength and uh, encouragement uh, with one another.
1: If I can hop in on that, um, even with the hurdle that I mentioned earlier about trusting other pastors, why, why am I then going out and seeking other pastors right now? Exactly what Andy said. I need it. <laughs> Pastoral isolation doesn't work. <laughs> so as big as the hurdle might be in trusting um, other pastors and spiritual leaders, Um, the last two years of being isolated due to COVID and other factors, it doesn't work. Um, Mm -hmm. So there really isn't that option on the table.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, Andy, could we, you know, looking at your context as you uh, maybe within your denomination or or in the city there or or across the state, um, what are some signs you're seeing um, that maybe are signs that there, there's a need for more of this?
2: Yeah, I think, um, we're seeing not only, uh, younger pastors who are desiring to get together for the, for the sense of, of mentorship Mm -hmm. and, uh, being equipped in maybe some of the things that, uh, that young pastors deal with coming into a church, kind of idealistically, and then uh, you know sometimes getting slapped in the face with reality, uh, mm-hmm. and and the desire to have an older, more experienced uh, man come alongside them. But I think what we're also seeing, uh, just in in men who have who have been reaching out uh, to us, uh, is that. Uh, past seasoned pastors who've been around for a while, who have the battle scars of church and the joys of experiencing uh, the beauty of the gospel in in the midst of uh, great gospel community. They know that there's this great need for them to be with one another so that uh, they can encourage one another in the pathway of finishing strong. Mm. Uh, so I, I think we see it across the board, um, regardless of age, denomination, experience. Uh, pastors want to be uh, encouraged and challenged and loved with other pastors.
0: Mm. Yeah. Friends, we want to take just a moment out of our conversation to tell you about the upcoming Reformation Fellowship Conference in Atlanta, Georgia, November 11th through 12th. Our theme, the theme that we will gather around is the gospel, our hope, our banner. We wanna come together, celebrate the gospel, unite around the gospel and be encouraged in the gospel. You will hear plenary addresses from Michael Reeves, Dane Ortland, Phil Riken, Jeff Norris, You will also select a track to participate in at the conference. There's a track for any Christian who just wants to go deeper in their faith. There's a track for pastors, a track for women, and a track for theologians and scholars. And the hope for these tracks is to grow you, to develop you wherever you're at in whatever way you're serving the church, but also to encourage you by connecting you with others. In a similar place Those tracks are each led by Wonderful theologian Leaders And we just know that you're going to be encouraged So that is November 11th to 12th in Atlanta, Georgia Hosted by Perimeter Church It will be the first Reformation Fellowship conference in the U.S. And we will gather Around the Gospel Our Hope, Our Banner Everything you need to know You can find at Reformation fellowshiporg That's R-E-F-fellowship.org. We hope to see you there. Yeah, so there's the uh, an aspect of, for the younger pastor, maybe it's, I know there are things seminary didn't teach me. <laughs> right. Um, there are lessons I, I still need to learn. Um, it's Pastoring's complicated, so I'd love to, to soak up the wisdom of, of, of those that have been around a little longer. Um, but, but for others who have been around a while, they need that fellowship. They need the encouragement. Maybe some a- accountability uh, as they as they seek to finish strong. Michael, what might be some other benefits um, that you see for pastors as as benefits? F- why you should get together? Um, maybe we could ask if someone's wondering why should I. I, I I've been around, so I got a little wisdom of my own. I'm not on the tail end, so I'm not worried about finishing strong, whether that's whether that's good or not. To think that way, but what are some <laughs> other reasons someone might um, might consider stepping into regular fellowship with other pastors?
1: I do think there is a bit of iron sharpening iron in terms of ministry ministry skills and and wisdom um, helping you know, get some feedback on current situations so you can pastor better. I do think that's one mm-hmm. of the benefits. But for me, the, the primary benefits are relational. They're on the heart level. Mm-hmm. Um, spiritual friendship is, is necessary. And especially when you talk with people who are going through very similar struggles, um, they've had very similar experiences just in a different context. Um, sometimes it's helpful just to know you're not crazy, (laughs) you know, um, as I've reached out to multiple pastors here in the area, you know, one of the things that I'm just stunned by is how common the struggles have been. You know, everybody went through COVID, everybody goes through, uh, pastoring struggles. Um, everybody's dealing with similar sheep with similar struggles. And so, um, Mm -hmm. to me, it's that, it's that spiritual friendship, but also, you know, I'm blessed to have, there's multiple pastors on staff where I'm at. And we have an elder board and and they're great to connect with, but it is really nice to have a confidential group of pastors who are outside of your immediate context, a place place where you can feel a little bit more free uh, to speak freely about uh, your context. And and they don't, they don't know the people, they don't know the, uh, the situation. Um, And and there's something I think freeing, relationally freeing about that as Mm -hmm. well. So uh, for me, yes. Are there ministry skills that I can develop and have developed and rubbing shoulders with other pastors? Yes. But for me, it's primarily the heart issue. It's mm. getting filled up with spiritual friendship from people who are like-hearted and like-minded in the faith.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Great. Justin, if I could just jump in on that, I, I I love what Michael is saying right there. And I think this is probably uh, the number one, uh, the top priority that we have seen Mm-hmm. Uh, here in Oklahoma, about pastors wanting to be together, it's just encouragement uh, mm-hmm. to to have spiritual friendships.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, you know, I, we've I kind of break it down into three groups, uh, if you will, that I've experienced over the third almost thirty five years of of ministry. Whether it's been in the local church, I'm also a retired army chaplain, um, so I've seen it in in lots of different settings. Uh, But the first and the top most desired by far is what Michael is talking about is that that group of encouragement. Mm -hmm. Um, Right now, I meet with a group of young pastors. Uh, They're either uh, have been in ministry for five years or less, or they are uh, potential, uh, or they're seeking to be pastors. I've got a. Mm a group of young men I meet with, and I, and I see that kind of as an equipping time. Uh, now, obviously there's great bleed over on these. I Bleed over, that may not be the right word for it. <laughs> um, I, I, there, there's great crossover in what happens. There's encouragement along with the equipping and with the equipping, there's also encouragement. Uh, I've also been a part of a group that was just strictly a, a, what we called a theological reading group. It was a group of guys that we'd all been in ministry for more than 25 years at the time. Uh, we were all friends, and we were all reading theological works together, and then and then discussing to, to sharpen ourselves. So yeah. I think it's it's good for us to know the purpose of the relationship. And yeah. but there's always crossover in this, uh, and in that I, I'm reminded of uh, Charles Simeon, who to me. One of my heroes I love to read about, uh, you know, an 18th century, I guess you'd call him a Puritan, um, pastored the Holy Trinity Church in Cambridge for 54 years. The first 13 years that he pastored there, the church literally locked him out of the pews because they didn't want him. Mm. And what he did for encouragement with that was he turned to the pastoral students uh, ministry students at Cambridge and began to mentor them, and they became, you know, some of his closest friends, yeah. and encouraged his soul as he's encouraging them. Uh, so there's there's lots of good reasons for pastors to meet together. Yeah, that's great. That's great. The, I've I've heard you guys mention
0: obviously the spiritual friendship piece. Um, it could be theologically enriching. Um, it, there could be some. Some skills uh, that are learned or shared during this time, uh, or or just a a, a sharing of wisdom, um, either with peers or older to younger. Um, yeah, I, I think that's great to 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 think through uh, the needs of a group, and um, and to make sure that we're we're serving the folks that are are there. Michael, you've, you've mentioned that even on this uh, podcast episode so far that you've been meeting with some pastors, uh, reaching out to them in your area. I wonder, let's pretend for a moment I'm, I'm a pastor. I'm not a part of a pastoral group, but I'd, I'd like to be. Maybe I look around and there's not one available locally, at least that I know of. What lessons have you learned or how how might you recommend someone go about um, starting a pastoral fellowship or um, initiating initiating something like like what we've been talking about?
1: I think one thing I've realized is there's never going to be a good time in my pastoral schedule to do it. It's not like you know, I'm going to finish this week and next week, finally, things are going to open up and I'm going to have all this time to go initiate relationships. It just doesn't work that way for me. I don't think it works that way for most pastors. And so um, I found if I don't put it in my calendar, if I don't reach out to people, mm. it's just not going to happen. Um, yeah. I, have to, I have to put the big, that has to be a big rock I put in first or it just doesn't happen. Mm. Um, and it's just much easier to invite people you've met with first. As opposed to just shooting off a blast email uh, to people you don't know, um, it, it's just hard. And so, one of the things I've done pretty consistently is almost, almost every week, maybe every other week, over the last month and a half, is is meeting with somebody new. Um, and so, so there's that. I also think too, and I was pretty hesitant at the beginning, but sometimes you just have not because you ask not. I'll give you a great example. One of the pastors I met with in lieu of the conversation, he said, you know, I'm already meeting with the pastoral group. Um, We've been meeting for a while, basically seemed pretty intact. And I was like, why am I going to ask this guy? He's already got a group. But I asked anyway, and turns out, one, he invited me to his group if, you know, if there was any time that I could do that. But secondly, he even said, hey, we have a place at our church that you guys could meet once you get your group up and going. That mm-hmm. never would have happened had I not just asked. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes, at least, at least for me, and we've already talked about my hurdles at the beginning, but for me, that ask is a big deal. And so just having the gumption to do it, to mm-hmm. just say, we've met, I appreciate who you are, I'd love to get to know you better, um, and mm-hmm. not being afraid of that ask. So for me, sometimes you have not because you ask not. Yeah. Um, so that's what I would say. Yeah.
0: Yeah, wonderful.
1: Yeah, Justin, I'd I'd sum this up in
2: one word: food. <laughs> food. Everybody Looking has, like a, <laughs> a true Southern Baptist. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Every everybody has to eat. You eat twenty plus meals a week. Uh, you know, every every disciple making <laughs> encounter, and I, I'm going to link those two together here. Every disciple making encounter in the Gospel of Luke is either Going to centered around or coming from a meal. Everybody has to eat. Uh, So, you know, generally when I want to do this, the how to for me is to say, hey, would you come have lunch with me? I want to discuss something with you. And um, and and because we are busy people, pastors are incredibly busy people. This is why they need it. This is why they need that fellowship to slow down over a meal, you know, over some chips and salsa at your favorite Mexican restaurant. Mm. uh, And and maybe even, you know, this might even be the opportunity to say, let me buy you your meal. Let, let me, let me buy lunch for you. Uh, I think that this is just a great way for us to get together, to slow down, to be away from all of the things that are going on and, um, I think, I think in a great place is food, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Well, I wonder how much
0: busyness is, um, is almost as much a hurdle as, as the fear of vulnerability for a lot of pastors as well. They're just so busy. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that's not to stand over in judgment. Um, they have a lot on their plates, um, but as, as you guys have both made a, a, a strong argument for, it's such a need. It's such a need. And um, and it's not going to happen if, if uh, we don't prioritize and take initiative to make it happen. So, yeah, no, that's good. That's good. And, and we all love food. So I'll say amen to that. Um, Andy, you had mentioned earlier you're transitioning into a role that's um in many ways the the primary uh, task on, in that role is to develop younger pastors encourage those that are already in the pastor to keep, to keep going some equipping so this is this is kind of becoming your full-time job as you look at kind of the landscape the the landscape. Maybe we can edit out my landscape, Um, but maybe not. We'll leave it in. We're, we're all being vulnerable here. Um, As you look at the landscape of pastor groups or, or maybe just just some of the needs you see, what would you say are some of the best practices you've seen, or uh, whether that's in Oklahoma or you've maybe looked at other states or other countries, maybe you've looked at the past, um, some of the best practices, You've seen in
2: developing these
0: kinds of groups.
2: Yeah, you know it's uh, it's real interesting. This is something that we've talked about here quite a bit, and and even almost with reservation talking about best practices because there's this th- th- there is this um, this concept that it, it, boy if that worked for them that's what's going to be best for us. I think sometimes the best thing for us to do is get together. With some guys and say, hey, what, what do you want out of this? What what's yeah. what do you need? What what is this? What's going to be good for you with this? I mean, we've done a number of things. Uh, a group that I'm currently with right now, we we've read at, uh, read a book, a very small book because again, pastors are incredibly busy. You don't want to overburden them with these kind of things. But uh, on calling. Just to reaffirm calling in each of us and to be reminded of what our calling is. Uh, Sometimes we get together and we just maybe read the scriptures together and discuss it. Yeah, Uh, Which sometimes pastors just need to be a part of something like that where they're not in charge of it. Um, Sometimes we get together and we just pray. Yeah. And and sometimes we just get together and we talk about food. So I think it's, <laughs> I think it, food and family. Uh, I think it's just uh, different for each group. I think it's important uh, to kind of discuss among ourselves what is it that we're really seeking, and let's stick with that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Following up on on that, um, you know, I, I on the podcast here we had Dr. Michael Haken a few weeks ago talking about his book, Iron Sharpens Iron. And in that, he unpacks a friendship, um, a 19th century friendship <laughs> between uh, uh, a couple of pastors and the, the fruit in their own lives and in their ministries from it. Is there, uh, and Andy, you mentioned Charles Simeon, and uh, feel free to, to, to share more about that, but is there a, an historic or perhaps even a current, a modern example of this sort of fruitful friendship that you look to um, as as a model or as encouragement, not that we're going to take it and replicate it somewhere, but um, that you say that's the kind of experience that I hope every pastor can have.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I, I do uh, look at Dr. Haken's book and see, you know, the friendships that Andrew Fuller had I think those are, uh, I think it's good for us to see historical models of this. Uh, Simeon uh, definitely had uh, uh, friendships uh, with, uh, I think his name was Henry Veach and his son, John, or it might be the other way around. I can't remember right now. Um, but, I, you know, I look at, I look at um, like, and, and you have to be careful again with this to, to because you don't want to... We we don't want to idealize things or make mm-hmm. them bigger than they need to be, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, a friendship between a John MacArthur and an R.C. Sproul, uh, mm-hmm. y- y- you see kind of those kind of relationships that are are built. Um, but we we see what happens on on the screen, or we see what what is given to us, but we don't see what's what's behind the scene, those phone calls, those. Text messages, those emails, uh, you know, in 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 our modern day setting between pastors that are just vital for encouragement and uh just to, to be reminded, hey, I've got a brother that's out there, he's doing the he's doing the fight like I am, and uh and 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 we can strengthen one another, being an, an Aaron and a her for Moses, uh, to mm-hmm. hold up those arms and to care for one another. I, I think it's just in, encouraging for us to know that this is a good thing to have.
0: Yeah. 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 Michael, anything to add there?
1: I would just say, again, I didn't have the text messages or the emails, but part of my seminary training was at Covenant Theological Seminary in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that was really sweet to watch is those men and the way that they honored one another, loved one another. It was sincere. It was real. Um, I loved watching them. Most of the classes at Covenant were team-taught. There was two professors teaching every class. And so you got to see some of that friendship play out in that classroom Mm -hmm. setting. And it was wonderful to watch. It was wonderful to see. And so I I really did appreciate my time there. I I feel like I got a sneak peek at some of that. I got the ability to go with one of my Covenant professors to uh, the 2015 Gospel Coalition Colloquium which is where they meet on the off year, just the members of the gospel coalition proper. And then some of the people they invited and being kind of on the inside, hearing, you know, DA Carson speak and seeing some of these bigger names interact in a more intimate setting was beautiful and wonderful to watch seeing them, you know, interact together over lunches and stuff like that. So I just remember thinking, wow, what a wonderful group of men, faithful, godly pastors, Mm. coming together um, across denominational lines and loving one another and encouraging one another. So those are some of the experiences that I've seen that have been just
0: Mm.
1: inspiring on some level. And, you know, again, not knowing all the ins and outs of those relationships, something to say, I want to be a part of groups like that um, Mm. in my life.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Awesome.
2: Justin, I I would just add to what Michael just said right there is, is, um, something that's probably should be obvious to all of us, but it's not always is that, uh, it it will take intentionality on our part, uh, be a friend to someone else. Yeah. And and this is the how to, how does this happen? Be a friend to somebody else, call somebody up, Mm. um, somebody that you went to seminary with, like Michael said, I, I know for me in my doctoral work at, at the master seminary, um, there are two guys, two or three guys that I, I'm still very close with. We still, you know, we WhatsApp with one another just to check on each other and see how we're doing. Um, yeah. you know, be a friend with a missionary, uh, you know, somewhere who, who really needs, who, who is isolated in some ways yeah. and, and share with one another. Um, I think the intentionality just to say, you know what, I'm I'm going to initiate this. I'm not going to wait for somebody to do this for me. I'm going to do it for them. And that's how these things get started.
1: If I can add to that, one of the things you said, you, you talked about the WhatsApp. I just want to say that whether it's a Voxer app, Marco Polo, WhatsApp, these communication apps are can be used as a godsend. The mm-hmm. pastors I still connect with from seminary days or... Even my brother-in-law, who's a pastor out in Iowa City, it is a lifeline to use some of these things when I don't have time to make a phone call and it's more than a text can communicate or an email can communicate. Mm. If you haven't explored some of these easy apps that you can talk, basically walkie-talkie, I know it seems so simple, but for me, it has dramatically increased my ability to connect with friends and uh, develop spiritual friendship. Um mm. because life is busy.
0: Yeah. And neither of you are Gen Z. So it's it's you're you're not
1: speaking pro- you're, you're
2: saying that we're old. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, some are some are more old than others.
2: <laughs> this is very true
0: if can see <laughs> us right now. Uh, yes. Um I I'm just saying that neither of you are in Gen Z, uh, which means that (laughs) you're not um, automatically uh, tech savvy and uh, and interested in all things tech, but you have found it useful in relationships. So (laughs) I'm just going to, that's what I said. We've recorded it. Um, (laughs) Well, gentlemen, thank you for for your time today. I wonder if, you know, as you think again about, um, we've, we've talked a little bit about just spiritual friendship in general. Just, are you reaching out? Are you, are you, are you connecting? Are you are you WhatsApping? Um, are you being a friend? We've talked about um, maybe formal and informal, um, maybe th- th- thicker and thinner pastoral groups, or, or pastoral groups of, of various kinds. Um, any any last word as you as you reflect back on the conversation today? Any final thing you'd want to say or communicate about pastoral I'd groups?
1: Like, yeah, I'd like to give Andy the, the last word, so I'll, I'll, I'll jump in. I just want to say that it's, it's not all up to you. You know, one of my fears in this is like, what if I fail? What if there isn't a great group that comes together. Um, there's, there can be kind of a human pressure that I put on myself. And taking this to prayer has been such an emotional lifeline for me to say, God, you care about spiritual friendships. You're the one who cares about hearts being encouraged, pastors making it, pastors encouraging one another. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to be obedient to you. I want to be faithful to reach out to the next person. But ultimately, God's got to bring the group together. And mm-hmm. God's got to sustain that group. And so I would just like to say what has been a balm to my soul, which is it's not it's not all up to you. My role is faithfulness. It, God's role is fruitfulness. And that's.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's good.
1: Yeah,
2: it's uh, that's great, Michael. Um, I, I would also add that uh, for young ministers, start start early. Mm. Uh, Don't, don't just develop your mind in seminary, develop relationships. Mm. Um, You will lean on those relationships probably far more than, than you anticipate. So don't, don't just do the classroom work, do that. Make sure that you get your doctrine, your theology, uh, work on those Greek verbs. uh, But also work on relationships, yeah. uh, enjoy relationships, enjoy those times together. So I would say it's uh, start early, but I would also encourage it's never too late to start. Yeah. For those guys who have been down the road, perhaps you've moved to a new setting, uh, whatever uh, y- your situation might be, it's it's never too late to start to develop godly pastoral friendships. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's a, that's a wonderful word to end on. Uh, Thank you guys. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Andy, for joining us here on the Reformation Fellowship podcast, sharing your experience, your uh, concerns, and your wisdom with us.
1: Thank you, Justin. Yep. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much for joining us here on the Reformation Fellowship Podcast. We pray that this time together has been a blessing to you. The Reformation Fellowship is a ministry of union, and so all that we do, we hope it helps you to delight in God, grow in Christ, serve the church, and bless the world. If that is your hope, that is your desire, then friends, welcome to the Fellowship.